Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. everybody kayla lords uh with molly moore of the smut lancers podcast i think they say third time's the charm is that what we're oh god (laughs) i hope so so we'll give you a little inner peek into this because i'm pretty sure we sound slightly different from last week's episode and anybody who knows us knows we usually record these all at once and wait why is there such a difference oh that would be because we are re-recording this week's episode. So that was the second try. And then while we tried to re-record this week's episode, we had to stop and re-record. Third time's the charm. I'm, I'm going to go with it. Third time is totally the charm. We will get this mailbag done. We will answer the questions. We will get it done. Get it done. Considering how many episodes we have recorded over the last, what has it been, like seven, eight? month i don't know we've been doing this like this is the first time we've had like catastrophic failure so we haven't done too badly really but this was pretty spectacular catastrophic nothing could be saved failure which we only discovered like now we're well into january so we didn't actually realize at the time when we recorded it we thought it was all fine when we recorded it we were like yeah it's all done and then like a week before it needs to go live it was like and it's really fucking broken um so yeah yeah and that i think for anybody who's considering audio or video as your plans for the future this is the nature of it sometimes you will spend time on something And it is unusable. And you have to decide Mm -hmm. you're going to scrap it or you're going to redo it. Or what are you going to do? And for Mm -hmm. us, this was a let's just redo it. It'll be fine. We've got this. We've got this. Um, It is one of those moments when I really appreciate the ability to write and to put a blog post out. Because even if I fuck it up majorly, I can go fix it. And also, when a link doesn't work, I have a very nice man named Michael who will go fix my links for me. So <laughs> it's salvageable. But audio and video are different. If it if it gets corrupted or something goes wrong, you are redoing it. It's just the nature of it. So that, yeah. that's what we're doing this week. We are redoing so it. So here we are. So here we are. Yeah. So um, we're going to answer the questions and that we've already answered before. But you know what? I think the answers will be better this time because... yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think we might have been running out of steam last time anyway. So and it all went a bit. It, maybe it was right that it all went wrong. Yes. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree completely. Okay. So our first question is um, from at Toy for Sir. She's at Toy for Sir on Twitter. Totally follow her. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. And it's more of a statement, less a question, but the question is implied, which is 
Uh, the art of negotiation, both online and verbally. And I remember saying this in the last recording. I'm going to say it again. I consider Molly to be a much better negotiator than I am. And so I want you to start first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think the reason I am a good negotiator is because I generally approach every negotiation with a I don't give a shit if you agree or not attitude. And clearly that I do, but if in my heart I actually die, I'm like, Ew, I want what I want. And if you're not prepared to give it to me, then I will just walk away. If you can harness that a bit, you will be a better negotiator. Because the power essentially is all yours. So they come and they say, oh, I want to do X, Y, Z. And you say, well, here, I don't offer X, Y, Z. I offer A, B, C. And they then come back and go, oh, well, I want X, Y, and B. You're like, no, I do A, B, C. And then they come back with some other bullshit. And you're like, no, I do A, B, C. That's what I do. This is what is on offer. Like, you can take my deal or you can be gone. Now, obviously, that's a really simplified version. And that has to be adapted depending on how much you want to work with that person or what the deal is. Or, I mean, you know, there's obviously a multitude of different ways of looking that and, and um, you know, parts to that. But essentially, that's what you need to have in your head. So you need to know what your baseline, what your boundary is. And identify that to yourself, like know what that is. I'm not prepared to go less than this or lower than that or give more than this. Or obviously it depends, you know, what we're talking about. Um, but let's say, for example, it was for a sponsored post on your blog. You should know in your head, I am not prepared to accept less than X amount of money. That's my baseline. My ideal price is this amount and my ooh wow let's let's have a victory lap around the dining room table is this price up here and then you decide on depending on what the company is you have to make like some educated guesses about whether they are a big company so could they potentially pay for the much higher rate are they a tiny little independent company is just one little lady sewing whatever in her garage um and she's got a tiny little budget in which case you go oh you know what i actually want to help her out she's a small independent trader just like me so i'm prepared to do it right at my lowest price so those are kind of like things you need to have in your head um with some room for maneuverability but those Having those in your head or ideas of those, at least, allow you to negotiate because you have set your own boundaries. So when people try to kind of fuck with that and say, oh, well, would it be okay if I actually just paid you $15? You're like, no. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would be okay if you paid me $50, but not $15. Um, and also remember, like, it's very easy to get yourself onto the back foot and feel like you have to woo them. And I don't do that in the slightest. 
unless I really want to. So like there's particular projects that I've wanted to get sponsorship for or stuff like that, like with Eroticon, where I have gone to a company and pitched what we do. That's a different approach. That's me saying, here's what I'm trying to sell you this thing. Here's my pitch. I've put together all this information. Here's what I can do for you. This is what it would cost you. And then they would come back and go, okay, we quite liked your pitch, but actually our budget is this. And then at which point that starts a conversation and hopefully we get to a place where we can meet somewhere in the middle. So that's a different way. But when it's like companies emailing you for sponsorship or sex toy reviews or even for you to write for them, as far as I'm concerned, they've got to sell themselves to me. That's the attitude I have. I'm like, jump jump to my music or we don't dance. And the minute you have that attitude, you are the one in control and you are the driver of the whole thing. And they've either got to succumb to your demands <laughs> or they don't get it. And that is my attitude. Like you give me the thing that I, you give me, we, I can negotiate a bit, but if you're going to even vaguely try and dick me around or try to un- say, oh, can I actually just pay this amount? I mean, I had somebody recently who wanted to do a Sinful Sunday prompt and I told them the price and then they came back and said, oh, can we have it cheaper because it's our first time? And I wrote back saying, I don't understand the significance of that it being your first time. And no, um, I haven't heard back from them. And you know what? That's Okay. Because I don't actually want to work with them if that's if that was their pathetic attempt at a negotiation and they couldn't come back with it. It's not like they said, oh, we really like it, but our budget is smaller than you've quoted. Can we have a conversation about that? Now, that's something I might have had a conversation. But the, oh, it's our first time is basically, well, we don't know whether you're good enough or not. In which case, don't buy my product then. Don't buy it. Because you're not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy. They're going to complain. They're going to be annoying to work with. They're going to moan about this, moan about that, ask for this, ask for that. Even at my top price, they're not going to be worth working with. Have I answered the question? (laughs) Yes. And I am over here nodding like a a little uh, (laughs) bobblehead or whatever. Um, And that is where I have finally gotten to as a negotiator. Um, I think I thought and I think a lot of people think that there's some mystery to negotiation I mean mm-hmm. there aren't there's an entire industry of self-help books to teach you how to negotiate and what I finally came down on was exactly what you described figure out what I'm what I want what I am willing to accept or not accept and that's it um the other thing that I feel like if somebody could have just told me this three or four years ago my life would have been easier which is, it doesn't have to be this weird dance of subtle conversation. Um, Whether I'm approaching somebody else or they are approaching me, I put the information out there in very clear, concrete, blunt terms. I say, Mm -hmm. this is the thing I will do. This is what it costs. And then if they want to ask questions, if they want to... um, you know, talk about the price a little bit that that will then be on them. But I put out the inf- what I am comfortable with, what I yeah. based on the information we have at the time, based on what they've told me, um, that's that's the deal. If they like 
in this case, in negotiation, if, so, if somebody asks, hey, can you manage our social media for a month? And I quote a price of $1,000 and they come back and aren't sort of like you described, don't do that whole, can I get something cheaper because I'm new thing. But they say, oh, my budget is $500. Well, the way for me negotiation works is I say, okay, if all you can spend is $500, here's what I can give you for $500. Right. It is less than what I offered for the $1,000 amount. And that's what negotiation really should be. Now, are adult brands out here doing it right? No, too many of them are not getting it right. Um, but that's how that works. It's not a oh, did I, was my price too high and now I have to twist myself into knots to decide if I want to take half the amount? No. Before, to the best of your ability, before you have a conversation with a brand, try to figure out what your prices are. Um, you might not be in the position to really think about it until that first brand contacts you. That's fine. Once you've had at least one experience, this becomes a little bit easier. And you say, okay, for this thing, this is the amount of money I want. Like Molly said, internal, think about it, write it down on a piece of paper, whatever it is, so that when you're approached, you already know you're not, you know, uh, grasping around going, is this the right amount? And then the other thing that I've learned the hard way, but I feel really good about it now. And I, I either get the price I want or we don't do business is you have to get comfortable with the fact that not everybody is going to do business with you, that a lot of people are mm -hmm. going to say no or just not reply back. That does not necessarily mean that you are charging too much. That means that is not the company that's right for you to work with. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that has, so far that has worked out for me. When I have shortchanged myself and lowballed myself, when I've twisted myself into knots to, to meet the price that this person is asking for, those business uh, partnerships have always ended badly and been misery while we were doing them. Right. But when I work with a company that either says yes to my price or respects the fact that if they have a lower budget, they get less product or service for me, then we have a good working relationship. But that part of that is knowing what you want to charge and what you want to make for certain types of work. And then just being clear don't play games in your email. Don't, don't keep it too open-ended. Just say, this is what you want. Okay. This is what I charge for it. And some of this process is actually about wheedling out the companies who aren't serious, who are actually looking for a free go essentially, or a version of a free go. And that's why saying, this is what I do, ABC, the minute they kind of go, oh, well, we want X, Y, Z, or we want this, they're almost at that point, I'm like, oh, I'm not interested. Because straight away, they've shown that they're not actually serious. They're not going to probably pay what I want to pay. Actually, what they want me to do is do them a, something for free or essentially for free. And so the negotiation is pretty much over at that point. And so part of the process is finding the people who are serious or interested and the people who are just taking the piss for want of a better word. Mm -hmm. And too many of them are, a lot of them are. Um, I, yeah. I still, I wrote about this ages ago on the Smutlancer website about how I respond at the time it was to every email I get, every solicitation email. I've now, it's, we're now, that was 2017, I think. It's now 2020. I've backed off of that a little bit. 
but I still respond to the majority of them because every once in a while somebody will surprise you. Also, it keeps my skills fresh. It means I know how to craft that email that says, this is what I do for this price. And you get very comfortable saying that the more often you say it. Um, but yeah, I don't lose any sleep over it when they don't reply back. And the vast majority of them are not replying back. They were hoping mm -hmm. that you didn't know that guest post really meant sponsored post or purchased link. They're hoping you don't know about how to tag your links. They're hoping yep. that you are willing to um, take a free toy yeah, or $15 for, you know, 500 words sounds great to you. That's what they're hoping for. And you know, here's the thing. Sometimes, and the, part of the reason they're hoping for that is because somebody out there is offering it. And hopefully they will hear the sound of our voice at some point and they will learn the error of their ways. Um, mm -hmm. But you don't have to be that person just because somebody else is that person. And unless you are in absolutely dire straits and are desperate, desperate, desperate for whatever money you can get so you can keep your yeah. lights on this month, figure out a rate that you want to be paid and that's what you offer and that means people yeah. say no and that is okay that people say no it is okay yeah. it is okay um and then the one thing i'll say and i've written posts on this before and i'll link to them in the show notes about this when it comes to figuring out your price because i think that's what really trips people up there's no set there's no standard um, there's lots of tricks to it. I'll link to those in the show notes. I, I think I did two whole posts on calculating your prices, but the best uh, advice I've ever been given about that is it should be a price that you want to make and it should make you a little bit uncomfortable. It should be just high enough that you have that moment of, ooh, would they really pay this amount? Not that's the most laughable amount you've ever heard, you know, but ooh, that, that feels a little high to me. That means that might be the exact right price for you. And quite frankly, mm -hmm. you don't know what price is the right price until somebody says yes to it. If 50 people all say no to your price, then maybe lower your price a little bit. But if one out of five or 10 people says yes to it, then it's not the wrong price. If it's mm -hmm. work you want to do at a rate that feels fair to you for what you're doing. Yeah. So... I think, I think we've answered it. Yes. I think so. Okay, cool. We're going to move to the second question. And we did only have two questions for this episode because we were asking at the holidays when everybody was really, really busy. So the second question, um, comes from Bridget Delaney, uh, at Bridget writes on Twitter. So give her a follow as well. And again, it's more of a statement rather than a question, but when we were asking for questions, she said, I know you've likely covered it before, but quote, monetizing a blog and improving SEO. And then she followed up with, I'm always looking for ways to increase traffic that won't take a lot of time on my part as I only have so much time to devote to my blog. So the first thing I'm gonna say is we have lots and lots and lots of content about monetizing your blog and the technical aspect of SEO. I'm gonna link to all of that in the show notes. But when we saw this question, I know we both had thoughts about what we, I know, I think what we originally focused on and is still my focus when I read this is you want to increase traffic that don't, doesn't take a lot of time. And, um, I think while SEO is a great trick to use and a great tool, if you don't have a lot of time, I think the answer is always going to be focus on content. Mm -hmm. What what say you, Molly Moore? 
Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, if you've got, I don't know, whatever you're saying, each week, perhaps you've got a couple of hours. That's, I mean, that's really not much at all. Um, then spend those two hours writing content and publishing it and putting it out there. And when you do it, go use your Yoast SEO plugin and fill that in well. Do your best SEO from today onwards. If you have a lot of time spare, then sure, go back and make sure that you've done SEO on everything. Make sure that you've done the best SEO job you can do. But if you don't have that time, and as you're saying, you have very limited time, don't waste your two hours a week going back and checking through your SEO and trying to improve it. Use your two hours a week writing new content and doing the best SEO you can. Um, because that will actually, that's the thing that will keep your keep your audience and hopefully grow your audience. Um, the SEO will help, but don't give up the other thing or do less of the other thing. If you've got very limited time, then... Um, spending it just on like you know redoing SEO I, I think that we've absolutely summed it up that would be use that time to create content right and publish it yes and publish it <laughs> like you know if you really are genuinely short of time don't be like oh I've got two hours I'll write three blog posts but actually you've written three blog posts but you've not published any of them at the end of it actually be like oh I've got three in two hours actually I in order to publish it as well find the picture do the SEO put it all up and then make it look good I need an you know an hour and a half to write it or whatever and then I need half an hour to post it so actually in two hours I only do one is better than spending spending two hours writing three pieces which you then never get time to actually post Yes, and I would also say that we need to disabuse ourselves of the idea that any of this is quick and easy. So when we have a limited amount of time, I yeah. understand wanting to make the most of that time. Um, and it can seem like a better use of resources to do a lot of small things with that time than do one big thing. But ultimately content is fresh content going out onto your website once a week is bet and with decent seo tricks and metadata and all the little things you can do with the yoast plugin love that plugin um is better than focusing on all the teeny tiny little things um i have gone back and touched the seo of all my sites before I had to do it on top of the time I was already taking to run all my blogs. I was not going to not blog just to go back and touch the SEO. Um, none of what we do in content is quick or easy, not just the creation of it, but how well it does um, on Google search or any of the, the search engines. Um, it can take, if you're fortunate, six to eight months for a new piece of content or a perfectly optimized for SEO old piece of content to start to rank six to eight months. So if all you focus on is all the little SEO things you could do on old content, um, you're still waiting six to eight months. And if you aren't creating new content in the time being, you've now put yourself six to eight months behind for any new content that could have been going out. So when your time is limited, just 
just make the content, just write the content, focus on creating the content. When you find that you have extra time, then consider maybe going back and tweaking your SEO. But SEO is not a magic bullet. It is just a tool. Long before I knew what SEO was, long before I cared about key terms, long before I ever had Yoast SEO plugin, I was ranking on Google search for content that I had written accidentally, mm -hmm. imperfectly, but I was being found through search with not a single SEO trick being followed. Mm -hmm. And so that taught me that content first, everything else second. Everything else can be helpful. It's icing on the cake though. But if you have no cake, then yeah. you most, what's, what's the, point? the point? So yeah, I'm, I'm totally down with use your limited time to create new content. If you find you have, maybe you have, like I'm a fast blogger. When I blog, unless I'm really worried about the technical aspects, I can pump out a blog in about 45 minutes. So if I have two hours and I was like, mm, I wanna do something other than just create content, one hour, I'm gonna write a blog post. The second hour, now I'm gonna go, hmm, how do I wanna monetize? Do I wanna reach out to a brand? Do I want to create a work for me page? Do I wanna do something else that will help me? Yes, but only when I have that time and always with the understanding that none of these things are quick. None of these things happen overnight. It's all just adding to a bucket basically. And every mm -hmm. day, every week, every month, you add a little bit more and eventually over time, it starts to sort of bear fruit and it starts, I've mixed all kinds of metaphors here, but eventually yeah. it starts filling up and you start seeing progress. So Yes, but if you're thinking, oh, well, how do I do all that SEO? Oh, how do I monetize a blog? The links are in the show notes, y'all. The links are in the show notes. We have we talk about this a lot. I think we're going to talk about it a lot more in the coming year. Um, yeah. So, but truly, truly focus on your content first. Always, always, always. Okay. I think that's <laughs> it. I think so. We did we it. We did it. Third time was the charm. Yay. Uh-huh. Yay. So we are, yes, it's we're in 2020. It's a new year. We're back um, until we decide to take our next little holiday break for a couple of weeks off. I don't know when that'll be. Um, next week, it's me. Do I know what I'm talking about as of this recording? No, I do not. <laughs> Following week. I, I know what our topic's going to be or my topic's going to be for the next one. Well, aren't you the overachiever? Uh -huh. <laughs> and we mentioned this when we recorded prior to the end of the year, but it is official now that we're recording. Uh, Molly's blog is 10 years old. She is officially the grandma of sex blogging. No, I'm not. There's people who've been around longer than me. <laughs> okay, so. Not many. Right. But you there are. are one of, you're a young grandma. My mother was a young grandma, but you're a grandma of okay. sex blogging. I am the, the uh, cranky aunt. I'm the cranky aunt. <laughs> That's of, true. That is true. Listen, and I am. I am the crotchety, so cranky, get off yeah. my fucking lawn aunt of sex blogging. You were the grandma. So congratulations to 10 years of blogging, Molly Moore. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it, really. It feels like sometimes only yesterday that I started on this. And yet I also... I think I wrote this in my post a few weeks ago. I also can't really remember life not blogging, which is it's like, so it's, it is like having a child. Like you're like, where, do, how, do, how comes they're now this age? And what was, I don't even remember what it was like before they were around. So yeah, it is a bit like that, but 
I'm very proud of my blog. You should be. If you have not read Molly's blog, what are you doing with your life? Molly'sDailyKiss.com. Go there. Enjoy pictures of her ass, pictures of her boobs, all of her stories Mm -hmm. and her own podcast um, for sure. And I cannot wait to see what the next decade holds for you, for me, for all of us. It's going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. So with that, we're going to let everybody go. And one of us will be back next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.